We're doing a Nick Cage cast, B-movie battle. Let's hear our... This one actually is kind of a theme song. Not really. There's no song. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a theme theme. I could play the B-movie battle purge intro if you want. Yes? Okay. What? <laughs> this is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the B-movie battle sanctioned by the government of Wonderland. Swear words of Class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the show. All other swear words are restricted. Wonderland officials of Ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the show and shall not be harmed. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for one continuous hour. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until the review concludes. Blessed be our Wonderland leaders in America, a nation reborn. B-movie battle is now in effect. Hello, citizens! Welcome to B-Movie Battle, Nick Cage cast. Oh, B-Movie Battle, episode 67, Nick Cage cast 45, there's King Kong. For Amos and Andrew, 1993, I am Phoenix West. Dick, Dick, yeah! Welcome, Dick. Amos and Andrew, a movie I have on DVD, and it's Pan and Scan. I'm yeah. going to buy that movie on Blu-ray because I have disposable income to allow this to happen. Yes, you do. Because I really enjoyed this movie. I liked this movie quite a bit. I told you in last fact, time we talked, it is the yeah. better version of Trapped in Paradise. Was I wrong? Oh, it's lovely. No, I love this movie. This movie was great. This was hilarious. This movie was funny. And I mean, this movie should be released today because yeah. it's that relevant. I mean, it is like super relevant. It is 25 years too early, this movie. It really does feel like it should be made nowadays. And they also tried to redo this with White Man's Burden with John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but White Man's Burden was like drama. This is a that, comedy. I know, it's but making fun of itself. It was like that's the point. But White Man's Burden was like, who is this ridiculous. for? Yeah, that was a <laughs> stupid movie. Let's swap the races. But there's white poor white people trash too. Like I, I, I don't understand. So they went to Manteca. Like I mean, I got that over here. I can go take the camera out here. I'll show you White Man's Burden. <laughs> I got it down the street. I don't. You know, it don't matter who you are. Oh man, I have poor so poor. so much to say about this movie, and we have to do it in a, in a hurry. That's fine, but I, I did. I really think this movie was hilarious, funny. I think the problem is what probably gives this movie the the hard time is it's written and directed by a white man. It was directed by E. Max Fry. That could be a black guy, but I saw the picture. He's I think he's white. He might be mixed, but I think he's white. I don't know. It it doesn't really matter. I don't give a shit who directed a movie if it's male, female, white, black. No, I, I don't, don't either. Don't that doesn't bother me, but I'm just saying people take offense to when, oh, you're trying to tell a black man's story. You shouldn't because you don't know where you're coming from. But, uh, stories are human stories are human stories. That's what I feel. I mean, humanity is humanity. I'm sorry. Um. Yeah, he does look very white. He's from Oregon. Oh, um, he's white. Oh, he received an Academy Award nomination for co-writing and for Foxcatcher. 
Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he's, he's, he's he works still, okay. so that's good for him. He's worth it. Yeah, so I'd look him up. Um, this is a movie I never watched until I did my... I, I sat down and I played it with like the bingo balls or the or not the bingo balls the the other balls I had the ping pong balls and I was sitting there I'm like I'm gonna watch every cage movie and I just like went through them one at a time I was picking the winners based on uh, the the balls and this one got chosen finally and I watched it I'm like I love this movie yeah I thought I was gonna hate it because it was 1993 <clears throat> which is a big red flare 93. Comedy, you know, it's nobody talks about it. You're you, there's some bad movies from that era that are comedies, and nobody it's like, oh, they're bad. Right. But I put it in. And I go, and I recently had done Trapped in Paradise on the on the show in one of the first episodes. I think it was like episode four, if I'm not mistaken, three or four. And I watched this, and I'm like, oh, this is a what they were trying to do with Trapped in Paradise. Yeah. Only Trapped in Paradise is more about like the whole town coming together. Kind of like a National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation sort of thing. Right. But this is just a flat-out better movie than that. I, yes, it is. I laughed all the way through. I like the characters. I, I love the the premise of it, which is nobody wants to look racist, even though everyone's saying horribly racist things. Well, yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's such a perfect... It's just such a great, like, just like Gene Carla Esposito. I told you about them liberals <laughs> on the East Coast. Yeah, I told you. I told you, brother. And he's just another huckster, racial huckster. Yeah. Like, he's got a wig on, and he's singing the gospel music with his... Across the bridge. His, oh, so fun. Gene Carla Esposito, I didn't know he was working then. Like, he was brilliant in this. And this is like... 30 years ago. Well, this is only two years before Usual Suspects, which he's in. I know, but, like, that's such a small part. Yeah. And, like, this part is actually a pretty important part of the movie. And it's like, he's just, he's really good. He's hilarious. Like, he should have got more comedy work, but I guess nobody saw this movie, so nobody gave a shit. Well, I I have five notes, and one of them is literally just Giancarlo Esposito. So let's talk about him. No, I love Giancarlo. He's not in a whole lot of the movie. No, but he does. He is a very loud voice in the movie for reason. He he does like the Selma walk across the bridge when he gets to the oh, island. So funny! <laughs> like, we're gonna, our brothers, yeah. we're coming for you. <clears throat> I told you, and then, they, and then the best part is they burn the house down. Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. Well, just, okay, so yeah, great. we'll get into that in a second. I just want to say, Giancarlo Esposito. I I mentioned this before to you. Do you remember? I kept saying. Whatever, like his name just gets stuck in my head. Right. I'll sit there just going, Giancarlo Esposito. (laughs) Because Breaking Bad, obviously he plays Gus Fring. Yes. He's a weird, he's a weird actor. He's like a John Turturro uh, sort of, sort of person who can play like seven different ethnicities. Because in this movie and in Usual Suspects, he's just a black man. I don't even know. Because... And then, and then, and then, uh, yeah, Breaking Bad. He's a, he's a, Chilean, yeah, Puerto Rican, Chilean, he's yeah. Chilean, Chilean uh, uh, drug dealer. But yeah, he could be a he could be a black guy. He's like Jeffrey Wright. He could be a that black was what guy, I was trying to think of a Mexican, a, a Jewish guy, a uh, a white guy who's just tan. Like you do anything. Him and what is his name? We talked about him last time on Nick Cage cast um, from oh. Fear the Walking Dead and. Oh, um, 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 uh, Robert Patrick? No. No. 
No, he's in The Walking Dead. No, he he plays uh, Travis on Fear the Walking Dead. Why can't I think of his name right now? Oh, the guy, the, the guy that could be. Uh, he was in. Um, but he's he was of... in. He was in uh, um, breaking uh, bringing out the dead. Yes. What was his name though? I can't remember his name. He plays the he's drug dealer in Bringing Out the Bad. He's a drug dealer. Bringing Out the Dead. He's, he's another great character actor that just like could play anything. So that guy that's could a, be anyone. We're collecting those guys. His name yeah. is. Let's see how far he is listed. Cliff Curtis. Cliff. I right. know his fucking that's name. A, God damn. That's the widest. That's the widest name ever, Cliff Curtis. Yeah, it, it doesn't help. Uh, it. But that's another oh. example of what he can play. No. He's a guy. I'm, I'm those guys who can just play any any race, yeah. And instead of Hollywood casting the white man as that's that's one time I do agree with how you know people like whitewashing shit is when they have Matt Damon playing someone like that. Like <clears throat> get a Cliff Curtis, get a guy well, <laughs> that can do that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that's all I'm saying. Now, like, well, I remember when Mark Strong <clears throat> was playing an Arabian in Body of Lies, the Ridley Scott movie. You could you could pull it off a little bit, but it was kind of like okay, I don't think he's he's uh, he's uh, from uh, that era. Henry Silva plays a Korean in The Manchurian Candidate. Yes, it uh, fucking Christopher Lee is uh, Fu Manchu. Like, there's so many examples of just like yes, come on, guys. <laughs> like, is this really what you want to yeah. be doing? <laughs> like it's embarrassing. That's one of my favorite movies is Manchurian Candidate, the original, and it's embarrassing right. watching. Yeah, Henry, yeah, I'm Henry Siva. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I think he might be Chinese because Manchuria is a Chinese province, right? You are so you are going to kill you. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on, John. Guys, cast a guys, cast a guys. Chinese actor. They're they're everywhere. Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on, guys. But okay, so, and, and speaking of race, this is a movie about race because yes. Before we get any further, I would just say, and I think you'll agree, if you have not seen this movie, Amos and Andrew, go watch it. It yes. is worth the watch. Good luck finding it. I could only it, find the it, DVD at a used DVD store. That was it. It was on streaming for a while, and of course, the, the curse of streaming. Every time we have to watch these movies. It's not nowhere to be found on streaming. Yeah. It's there for six months. And the one day I want to watch it, it's nowhere to be found. Do you know why? Because these movies were chosen by the bingo hopper. The, the cursed, cursed bingo, bingo hopper, hopper from, from hell. hell. <laughs> that piece of shit. Wherever you got that from. You know what's bad? Because bad. we have a phrase for it and we both knew it right there. Yep. <laughs> the awful, cursed bingo it? hopper from hell. It's evil. I mean, it's an evil it is, bingo hopper. It's pure evil. Let me just tell you and the audience the next few episodes of Nick Cage cast so that you can watch them before they get removed. The next episode is not for a while, and it's not even Nick Cage cast. It's the Blob 58 versus Blob 88. Yeah, good luck finding those. Uh, I have copies. We'll watch them. I already have. I mean, I have the the Shout Factory. Do you have the VHS tapes that you're, you're getting together right now? No blob, though. Okay. The next Nick Cage movies, though, are Family Man versus Trespass. And then Wild at Heart. And then Sonny from 2002, the only movie he ever directed with James Franco. Oh, no. Then we're doing Kill Chain. And then It Could Happen Uh, to You versus 211. And then History of Swear Words, which is on Netflix. Right. That's not going anywhere. Unless Netflix folds. (laughs) 
Which by that time, they might. They might. We're in an interesting era right now where Netflix is faltering. Yes. And they're desperate that one show will keep them alive. And I think I know what you know what show we're talking about here. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> it's that dancing little girl show. They want that. The Stranger Pedophiles. Yes. Yes. That one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So the whole premise is uh, a character actor and his wife, who's also a character actress, are walking by this house. They see Samuel L. Jackson inside. They don't know that the house was sold. Yeah. So they see him, a black man inside the house, fixing his stereo, but to them it looks like he's stealing the stereo. Yes. Therefore, it's it's a com- it's a comedy of errors. It really this movie is. It's a it's a yes, dom- it it's a sitcom domino scenario where this leads oh, to yeah. this, leads to this, leads to this. Classic like a compared to vacation. One of those types of movies where this it's the domino effect of those kind of movies. Everything's set up perfectly. The rest is just chaos that ensues from that initial setup of of mistaken identity or mistaken circumstances or whatever. Uh, the rest of the movie is Dabney Coleman plays a sheriff and he's up for re-election. So he's Re-election, trying to, yeah. he's trying to do this properly. He, him and his, his deputies, Brad Dourif, who we mentioned before, and he's fucking fantastic in this. He's hilarious <laughs> in this movie. He, he's really the one, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Choking on my love. Well, the, 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 be- the best part, well, what makes the movie work is um, Dabney Coleman is the one that comes up with the scam because they've accidentally mis- mistaken Sam Jackson for a for just a thug, common thug, but he's actually a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, screenwriter, activist, very famous guy who's very much a rich man. Who's on the cover of Forbes magazine? That he's reading. Reveal that he's reading. Well, yeah, I read this. I read my own articles. Even sure. though on the poster it's GQ. I listen. I listen to my own podcast, so yeah, I understand that. Yeah, you, you get it. It puts me to sleep. But um, yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not GQ. That's funny. That's a good poster. But yeah, this is actually a movie about class. It's a classes classism movie because it's great moments for like both sides. Like, like, why you're so? Like, he's almost the same character from Die Hard with Vengeance, Sam Jackson. He's I was, Zeus. I was thinking a lot about that. Yeah, the way he talks to his nephews in uh, Die Hard with yeah, Vengeance yeah. reminds me a lot of his character here. A little bit, a little bit. Hold on. Uh, Blow my nose for a minute. Hold on. Yeah, mute it. Thank you. All right, so uh, the sheriffs think he's invading the home and stealing shit. So Brad Dourif walks up there and he paints his face black, which is another like. <laughs> That's the funny show, little joke. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Everything's racist in the movie. That's the joke of the movie. But that's just because <clears throat> Amos and Andrew, Amos, and, oh, it's Andy and Amos. What's no? Uh, what's the name of the movie again? Is it Amos and Andy? No, it's Andrew and Amos or Amos and Andrew. I can find out in four seconds here for you. No, it's Amos and Andy is the radio show. Yeah, with, the, with blackface. Yeah, and that's what this movie is. The, the title is referring to, and you never get the explanation of the movie because Sam Jackson says. Because he says, uh, Amos and Andy. And he goes, don't say that. Yeah. So in the don't movie, Samuel Jackson pleads that. to Nicolas Cage to never call them Amos and Andrew. He doesn't explain the movie, but in the history of American pop- popular culture, no program was both popular and controversial as the Amos and Andy play show. The series which ran on radio from 28 to 60 is perhaps the most popular radio series of all time. Although the show was extremely popular, many African-American groups led by the uh, NAACP 
charged that the characters were racist caricatures and demeaning to the black community. There, it goes when I'll stop reading. But I think eventually they did cast black actors as Amos and Andy on TV. It wasn't black. It was real black actors. And I think they lost their jobs because of the end of the ACP saying this is a mockery to black people. This is disgraceful. But those guys were working. And it's like, well, yeah, but I'm getting paid a lot of money. It's a popular show. Can I at least have that? And you guys can say whatever, but they can't, I think they canceled it because of that. And it's kind of like, well, that kind of sucks for the guys doing it. They, they had no problem with it. They were making lots of money off of it. But I also get like, you know, especially during that time, 1960, I could see that being a, you know, civil rights movement thing going on. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, it's just okay. happening now with like Mike, uh, whatever his name is, getting fired out or quitting for being a Cleveland Brown on the on Family Guy. And so it's just really right. still going on. Well, the problem is. Your brother, where art thou? Your brother, where art thou? That's my poster place. I, I want the poster prize. <clears throat> How much you get for it? How much was the prize? <laughs> How much was it? Dude. They do a good job of the dumb guy. Nice. Okay. You got that? Okay. There you go. But I don't think it's the same thing. Because also, same video. Well, I don't know. It's not. Okay. Well, can we do that later? That'll be our Sopranos talk. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, so I can't believe anything. So the... The movie does a good job of, like you said, classist stuff. It's Samuel Jackson is the black guy. He's being severely discriminated against. Nick <laughs> Cage is the piece of shit criminal, people. and he's white. Yeah. Right. He's just a loser. And, and he's not actually. He's not even a criminal. No, he is. He's just an. He's just an idiot that got that got lost for trying to go to Canada. No, because he, he's stupid. He he he. What was it? Uh, delinquency of a minor, and she's seven. She looked eighteen. He's a pedophile. We see him later oh. with a pizza girl. He's a fucking pedophile. It's not. A, you know who that girl was? No. The pizza girl was Heather Graham's sister. Wow. Amy Graham. Her older Amy sister. Graham. I don't know if it's her older or younger sister. Well, yeah, Heather Graham was in a movie in like '94, and she was a little bit younger. It seemed like. Yeah. Either way, that's I didn't know that. And uh, Heather Graham yeah. really got all the looks in that family, apparently. I always do a deep dive on these. these. Uh, oh, and there's, uh, I think, a couple of connections here. Oh, what was the connecting, one of the big connecting tissues? Kiss of Death? Well, Kiss of Death is one, but there was <laughs> okay. another. I think there was, a, there was a Twilight Zone connection somewhere. I, I can't remember. Oh, Twilight. I don't know. We have to dig a little deeper on that one. I don't. I don't remember. I don't know. But let's move on with the plot here because suddenly it becomes a, like chaos. It's it spirals out of control. Where Brad Dourif is the makeup on his face, and he you know runs up, and he calls Sam Jackson out. Sam Jackson walks out there, but his car alarm is going off because Brad Dourif bumped into it, and he pulls out his little key fob to be like, oh, oh, I can't. Hear, I can't hear you. And he's like, Police, stop! And he's like, I can't. And he tries to turn off his alarm, and then Brad Dourif thinks it's a gun, shoots at him. <laughs> Sam Jackson and runs inside, <laughs> freaks out, obviously, because he's being shot at for no reason. Yeah. Shuts off all his lights. Dabney Coleman starts to realize, oh, shit, What's, the guy's got a gun, he's inside. And then the neighbors yeah. are, like, doing their interview with the, the local huckster yes. media <laughs> dude. 
and they realize that he might have the actual owners of that house kidnapped. So that's what really sets off the story, is everyone thinks they're kidnapped. And uh, so he's got hostages, so it becomes a bigger, bigger thing that's going on. I, I was hoping a couple things happened in the movie where they play the guy's clip to him, you know. But instead he just goes, with this VHS tape, and that was it. That was his downfall. I don't know. Right. But that's a, that's a minor nitpick, really. You know, a movie that's kind of reminded me of it, too, with the media attention outside was Airheads. It is very similar to that. And it's almost the same year, isn't it? Airheads is 94. This is 93? This is 93, yeah. This is kind of the era of these movies, that that kind of movie, where it's like, it's a big media th- fiasco. Yeah. Or, or like kidnappings, I, I, gone awry. It's like, get the getaway. The house guest. House, um, um, house arrest. Movie, Amos Andrew, uh, like a, an event that the, the it becomes a huge media event. The ref. Well, that's more of a kidnapping. I'm going movie. off my other three here, which are like kidnappings in kidnapping, the home. Yeah, yeah, Kid, kidnapping upper middle class white people, but it's a misunderstanding. A lot of those movies happen in the, in the and they have the Disney Seattle. ending where they all get away. Yeah, it's very strange. Sleepless in Seattle? What? Because that was a, um, a um, that was um, a mistaken identity. A lot of mistaken identity movies in those in this era. Oh yeah, before the internet and, and cell phones and facial recognition software. Right, yes, exactly. <laughs> you can get away with that shit then. Not so much nowadays. Right. Yeah. Who is that girl? That's her. Here's her address and her phone number. Let's, yeah. let's be fucking creepy men on her. Would you like to see titty pictures? Yeah. Yes. She'll she'll make some for you right now so you don't hack into her, her social security number and, and open up loans. <laughs> she'll do it right now, like live shit. She said mem- members members only. Do you want to see her cry in front of her kids so you don't extort her? Do you want to see her pissed on a orchid? So, they... I don't want to go too much into detail with the plot. That's really the basic plot. Uh, they... One other thing is Nick Cage was in the cell here. They release him with the, with the, and this never works out, with the promise that they'll let him go if he pretends to be the guy taking him hostage. Therefore, uh, Dabney Coleman's story works out with the media. It was a hostage right. situation. Let's get him. We'll get him in the first bus out of here. And then they let Nick Cage into the house. He shows up with a shotgun. And then it's just like, yeah. He's like he even ties into the chair with tape, and he's like, "This is just for appearances. Don't worry." He takes his watch. Some great little tiny character bits. It's not hilarious. It's not a hilarious movie. It's just amusing no, the whole way funny. through. It's, yeah, it's very well done. Yeah, I will say I like Airheads as a comedy more, but I think this is probably a better movie. Oh, this is a way better movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tied together well. It's it's everyone does their what? job. Well, there's nice, there's nice character moments, especially yeah. with Sam Jackson and Nick Cage. When I love that scene, my, my favorite scene in the movie was when Sam Jackson talks about when he was a kid. Can you focus? And he, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the fuck. I can do two things at once. Um, off camera, was, off mic. When Sam Jackson was like doing this. Uh, All right, what's going on? No, uh, that's technical error. Uh, no, he talks to us about his dad. How he goes. When I was a kid, I, had, I was talking street slang 
in the street oh, and yeah. overheard me. He took me upstairs and he fed me. He made me eat soap. And he says, you ain't going to talk like a black man. You got to talk like a normal person. And he goes, he taught him to read him right, raised him right. And he said, my father worked for 38 years as an accountant. He was the only black accountant in the building. And there's two black people. And one of them was the janitor and he was the other one. And when he retired, not one white face came to his retirement party. No, he he retired. Two years later, he died. Not one person from that building showed up at his funeral except the janitor. That's right. Except the janitor. And I thought that was such a great, just perfect examination of everything this movie's about. Where it was like people pretend to, to deal with it, but they want nothing to do with it. They, they lied to themselves and to everybody else, saying how much they care and how much they want to do this and that. And at the end of the day, they could give two shits. Yeah. It's just it's how people are. It, it really is. This movie is the extreme opposite of the next show we're doing on the live stream here, The Sopranos. Well, Sopranos just comes out and says it. <laughs> Sopranos doesn't fuck around you suck, with. You suck your di- your dad's dick with that mouth. He's black. Oh. Get the fuck away from him, Meadow. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that for sure. Talk but about that episode. Excuse me. Yeah. You heard yeah. me, Sambo. You heard me, Sambo. She's off the show for a season because of that. <laughs> but okay, so this is a this is a perfect movie as far as racial tone goes because Nick Cage doesn't give a shit that he's black. No. no. And it's not too far like Die Hard with the Vengeance is where actually Sam Jackson is the racist in that movie. Right. Against McClane. Right. It's because I'm black, isn't it? You know, he's like, I don't give a well, shit. What, I, you're going to get me killed. That's all I care no, about. That's Sam Jackson said that he was. That's what I said. I don't like you because you're going to get me killed. Yeah. That's but that's... That's the dialogue in that movie. It's like... Have I, have I oppressed you, Zeus? Have I oppressed you and your people? Oppressed <laughs> you in some way? You like me? No, I don't like you because you'll get me killed. No, but the scene where he goes, you're going to call me an N-word, weren't you? He's like, asshole! I was going to call you an asshole. You got something wrong because I'm white? Asshole. That's great. That's, yeah, another good, another good movie with... Two, with uh... Finally bought it on Blu-ray. The whole set. With the whole set. Yeah, it was wow. 20 bucks at Walmart for all five movies. And honestly, you only need two of them. You only need three. I don't mind uh, Live Free or Die, yeah. the, unrated, the unrated version. That has both versions. Says, That's the only reason the I bought it. The version is better because he says, like, I'm going to get this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, I, that, that was a better movie. When he shot through himself and killed Timothy Oliphant, he actually yeah, says yeah. motherfucker in, in that phrase. Motherfucker. Yeah. I remember watching it, the theater in the PG-13 yeah. version. I'm like, yeah. Uh, everyone in the theater was like, uh, yeah, that's why it was like, who cares? Why do this movie? Like, don't do it, PG. Why the fifth one is just unwatchable. This one's a garbage. The fifth one is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, unwatchable. Yeah, it is terrible. And they try to put that Jake Courtney, and it that movie makes no sense at all. That that movie's really bad. You know what's sad is the best scene in that movie is when he's talking to the Russian dude who ends up being the bad guy. The guy looks like Ridley Scott. Yeah, but he's talking to him against that truck, and he doesn't know Jay Courtney's listening. Right. And he's talking about being a father, and I'm like, oh, this is a sweet moment. It doesn't matter in this movie. No, nope. <laughs> like, I remember that scene. Exactly. It's, I, it's like the one sweet little scene there, and then he like pulls the rebar out of his leg. Yeah. And it was like, oh, there this is go. a sweet moment, but I don't bloodless, care because this movie's fucking terrible. Rebar. Yeah, that movie sucks so bad. That, that, that's a bad movie. I'm on vacation. You are so not on vacation, yeah, sir. Why? Then he kept saying that, and it's just like, what? like Red Letter Media has the best. Now we know. Go watch that. Oh yeah, they do. go watch Red, 
read their review. Their, their review on it is just like perfect. How he's just like, what? he keeps saying I'm on vacation. It's like he's not on vacation. He's there to the sun. I remember being in the theater there. for that movie, just going, "Is he? Yeah, a, I didn't see the. No, he's there to save his son. What? Yeah, everybody." I, was that part of his cognitive destruction? I was that's what I was, was pointing that, in my head when you were talking. I was like, Yeah, maybe that, that was the beginning of like that seems like, like ad lib to me, and he didn't know that his character was not on vacation. And everybody everybody like everyone I laughed. I Throw it in the movie, I guess. Put put it in the movie. In two thousand nine, Henry Louis Gates Jr. was arrested while attempting to enter his own home. His lock was jammed, and while attempting to force the door open, his neighbors called the police, not realizing he lived there. Right. Shit that has not changed. No, that happens a lot, usually. I'm looking through other... Oh, Allison Mackey's debut. That's fun. fun fact. Now, who's Allison Mackey? Let's find out. Yeah, I didn't... I, I, I get saw the, that. I like... Is she the girl from Smallville who's in that weird cult? That went to prison for that cult, or no? <sighs> Maybe I think I'm thinking of Allison Mack, and she plays Allison Mack on that TV show. No, I, I think Allison Mackey. I think you're right. I think that is the Smallville chick. I think I think you are is. correct, sir. No, it's a different girl. Oh, boom! No, we want next call. My my theory was correct. So Allison Mack was a TV show. Yes, it was, and that girl. Is who played the girl in Smallville, and I believe she's the one who's in that cult. I could be wrong, just going off from memory here. But no, Allison Mackey, still acting. You know, twenty nineteen was her last role, but she's in Original Sin, Those People, uh, Sliver, Small and Gia. Oh, Gia, Ooh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, Giancarlo Esposito. I love that. I say it in my head all the time. It's it's he's it's, gr- it's he's like great. Ah, it's, it's, he's great. He's great in the Mandalorian. It rolls off my mental tongue. Giancarlo Jean, Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito <laughs> is an official member of the Star Wars canon. It's true. And he got it's he got great. killed by a cannon, didn't he? No, he's still alive. Oh, he's he? coming back. He's going to be the big villain in the next series. Great. Nicholas Cage and Samuel L. Jackson play Marvel characters. Obviously, Nick Cage is a Ghost Rider. Samuel I, Jackson I hate, I hate, I hate that shit. Characters. So stupid. Like. Throw a rock, somebody's playing a fucking Marvel character. That means nothing. That means nothing. Samuel Jackson and Kim Stratton appeared in Changing Lanes for 2002. Okay. That must have been his wife. Yeah. Who, who Nick Cage goes, you married a white woman, right? Yeah. Which is another assumption that you people have with a, you know, a successful black man. Always hook up with a white woman who's blonde. And I like that he's Lane. wrong. And he's wrong. Yeah, that's what's, what's funny about it. Yeah, that's the good. That's like, oh, that's funny. That's sweet. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love the Seth. This movie was great. It was funny. It was poignant. It was, it was nice. It was a nice movie. It's poignant in ways that go beyond what you see because the fact that yeah. she's black, his wife, in the end, right? Who gives a shit? The point is, yeah, it doesn't fucking same. matter. Stop trying to no. guess. Why do you care? Yeah. Again, Why the like fuck the, do you care? That's, that's the throwaway at the end. Is like you can't assume. You can't have assumptions on people because they're usually they're not right. You can't assume on people. And it even plays people. while being unsaid that him and his wife are separated. That's what it felt like to me when I was watching this. Because he's like, yes, I don't want to talk about my wife. And I was like, oh, they're separated. No, we're wrong. She just She's just not there yet. Yeah, and he's just private about it. He doesn't want to talk about it. It's yeah. just no one's business. It's his, it's his love. He doesn't want to talk about it. I wouldn't. I did the same thing. 
I ain't talking about nobody that I like. Yeah, it's well, cool. it's, it's going back to yeah. Sopranos here. <laughs> Don't talk about it. Don't fucking be a snitch on your own self. No, it's, I like the Don't fact that Don't disrespect the pizza parlor. Because, you know, they're both... They don't go as far as I thought they would with the racist stuff, and I'm glad they don't because it I'm keeps glad. it keeps yeah. it more as a comedy. Yeah, because if they went way too far with it, it'd just be like, oh, you missed. Like, they would re- too- if this was remade today, it would be ruined because Jordan Peele would be directing. I was just gonna say it would, it would get ruined because they would just they wouldn't get oh, the nuance. Update the, on nope. Subtext. Update on nope. Remember, I predicted it would be an alien yes. thing. The, I new, the new trailer shows a fucking spaceship entering, and I go, yeah. what else nope. could it be? Nope. What That's else could that have been based on what we saw? And it's yeah. like, I hate trailers. I hate that they show them on TV during your show, and you have to sit there and watch it. I was like, I, That's I, I, I like TV anymore. What? <laughs> I, don't watch, I don't watch TV. <laughs> I just watch, I watch my YouTube, and I, I watch... Uh... You know what's funny? When I moved Fox to the news. house here... Yeah. I had I had basically thirty six hours without internet, so I had to wait for them to come and put in the new modem. So I had nothing to watch but Blu rays. Yeah. So I watched I watched Blu rays, and I was like, this is like really nice. It's nice, this right? Like, it's calming, and like it's just not it's not current events that can make me mad and things that are happening that I need to hear about. I'm just like, you know what? This is really nice. I think I want to continue to do this here and that. Yeah, I I, uh, I have similar thoughts, but I will share it in the next episode because it is tying heavily with our next episode, The Sopranos. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So let's... Um, That's the time capsule show. I do want to show a real quick clip of Brad Dourif and his Looney Tunes grenade. Yes, yes, that was hilarious. Where, <laughs> where does that happen is beyond me. Uh, it's like, it's toward the end. It's, it's more... It's, it's right when... here, it's right here, okay. Yeah, because Brad Dorf takes it upon himself to to save the day, and the chief has just has just basically got out of the house by himself. Finally, ready to release the hostages he's held. (laughs) This is a simple little comedy. It doesn't need to be over the top. They cut it way before most movies would have. She's yelling and and can't keep up with it, and that's it. Moves on. And that's the helicopter Nick Cage demanded in this negotiations. But here's Brad Dourif just stealing the movie because Brad Dourif is, I would say he's our podcast favorite actor. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. He's up there, yeah. We talk about him a lot. Yeah, he's great. Something that the elevator men really mean to me. So at this point, Cage and has moved Samuel Jackson to the neighbor's house. They don't realize that, though, because Dabney Coleman was tied up. He sends freed himself. Real simple explanation, I guess. But now Brad Dourif <clears throat> snuck into the house thinking that he's in there. And he didn't tell Dabney Coleman that he did that. So it's a, like a comedy of errors. It's just a lot of not in communication, a lot of things unsaid. And it just leads to this great shit. Because it, it, he throws a grenade in here in a minute. And it's just a Looney Tunes grenade. It, it's, it's classic comedy 101. Yes. It's very like if you watch the old movies from like fifty years ago, it's more it's very much like that. And I think that's probably why we don't have those movies anymore because nobody wants to watch the old movies. They're just like, those are boring. Let's tell a story about a midget who's gay and he wants to leave his family. Like, okay, enough of that. Peter Dinklage, his ears are like, hmm? I can play that. <laughs> Simpsons. I can play that. <laughs> 
Peter Dinklage in too short to be gay. <laughs> I can play that. There's a little girl who wants to have a lollipop. Uh, there's a little girl uh, and a little Debbie had. I can play that. Yeah. And he goes out and just grabs a helicopter ladder. So great. Such a great joke. Uh, and it's Mickey Rooney. There's Mickey no Rooney. Oh, man. Sexy things. Listen to that twice. Um, uh, it's the best commentary. For uh, Night of a Jockey. He, he is so not interested and so angry and bitter and old and he's just like no one cares about this the young people don't want to watch this they want sexy things they want to watch sexy things all right here we go in case mgm is watching you know who owns mgm now amazon do they really they bought MGM. That's why they have all the Bond movies on. That there. makes a lot of sense. I was yeah, I was I was going to ask you after I was done with this clip. Yeah, no, they you were you were ahead of me MGM on that one. Got, yeah, paid for Amazon or Amazon bought MGM. You've always been almost, really good at who owns who. Well, they almost bought it d- d- directly to air. Die another no time to die. Whatever the last oh yeah Bond yeah movie was they were going to give them eight hundred million dollars and buy MGM. To just show that movie on Amazon directly, and they said no. So they released Die Another, Die Another, whatever fucking last movie was, and No Time to Die. Any, no Time to Die. Cause <laughs> yeah. They had to make because No Time to Die was losing money, not because of COVID. No, they they said they, they were losing millions of dollars a day for not being out in theaters. Yeah, because of COVID they though. Paid so much. Of it. Yeah, because COVID shut everything down. So they were desperate to get it in theaters and make money off the theatrics because they had to. So he did okay. I think he did like $800 million. So I, I saw money. it. Two thoughts. Loved it. Did you? Not as much as Skyfall. No, I haven't seen it. It's I not up there. It. Oh, it's a good movie. I just, I just didn't care. You know what happens, right? Yeah, he dies. Okay. <laughs> so that's my second point. The man yeah. had time to die. The title lied. Yeah, exactly. He had plenty of time no to die. Time. He sat no there for like five die. minutes on the radio going, make sure you get it out time of there and do this. Hello, I'll tell you Craig. And it comes out at him. He's fr- like, "All right, I I'm out of here. I want out of this franchise right now." I'm like, "This man has a lot of time to die." Did they <laughs> like, blow him up with a missile, or what, how did he die? He died because they had to blow up that plant at the end. Okay. Yeah, he had to stay there. It, it works. There. It does work in the movie. It, yeah, it's really good. I, what I heard was he's like genetically, he has a disease. He touches yeah. his kid, he dies, or she dies, he dies, everybody dies. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it passes from person to person. They don't have the cure yet. Right. It, it, honestly, I love the ending. I had no problem right. with it. People, you know, people are gonna bitch about everything, but I, I'm way more forgiving about that sort of shit. I like, I like him as James Bond, and that was a good ending. And they actually killed James Bond for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, they went there. <laughs> like, Because you're used yeah. to, at 25 movies yeah. in, you're used to, like, the fake-out well, sure, death. Yeah. Like, yeah, remember that yeah. one where he gets in the coffin, he's underwater, and like, goes into that base, and you're like... Yeah, and he turns into a Japanese man. Yes. And he gets to not be a Japanese man anymore. Yeah. All right, let's play this scene. All right, here we go. I want Amazon to stop us. Now I know what to say. Oh. 
Uh, and Bob Bob Balaban is the uh, psychologist talking oh, yeah. to. <laughs> I forgot and about that. Over, and that. That was hilarious. He's not, he's laying. Eventually, he's laying down in the back seat, being like, "I know you like me if you just gave me a chance. Like I have stuffed yeah. animals, and my dad didn't talk to me much. <laughs> like, I wanted. I really wanted a pony growing up. Yeah. I didn't get one. <laughs> so my dad funny. gave me a big old box, and I thought it was gonna be gonna be the pony that I wanted, but it wasn't. So I guess I've always really wanted a pony, but I'm sure you're the same way. He just keeps talking and talking. Dabney Coleman's tied up yeah. like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, Dan, that's why Dabney <laughs> Coleman gets out because he's hearing and he's, he can't do it anymore. So he forces it's himself so to get out of there. And he gets out. It's a, it's a great movie. But they don't, anybody, yeah. they don't you nail you in it. the head with that's why he no. wants out of there. He doesn't go like, ah! You just hear like, yeah. you see a couple <laughs> looks from him. And he's like, he shakes his. He gets out of the boots and he falls backwards and runs out, like holding still in the chair. Dabney Coleman, a callback to Boardwalk Empire. He's he's a great actor in Boardwalk Empire. It's one of his best roles. He plays the evil uh, um, colonel or whatever, the guy that runs the town or used to run the town, and then Steve Buscemi's taking over for him. Yeah, that's so, he's so great. And he has like that stroke in the season two where he's trying to move it on Nucky. And he has a stroke and he goes, cock, cock, fuck. <laughs> and then Shea Wiggenham is pissed off because he sided with Dabney Coleman and his team. And they're all old men. He's just like, and he goes, he's a fucking vegetable. <laughs> and he walks out. Oh, it's great. I season two, Boardwalk Empire, best, one of the best seasons of television history. I didn't realize he was still alive. Yeah, still kicking. He's in a movie, he's pre-production, someday, sometime. Hey. He's still going. He outlasted Fred Ward. Oh, he's in Yellowstone. Okay. Well, there you go. Fuck, everybody's in Yellowstone. Yeah. A show I will never watch, probably. All right. So, uh, the ending happens. They get away. Uh, <sighs> I do have some problems with the bloodhounds, because there's bloodhounds. Because right. they're trying to find Nick Cage, and, and they send some bloodhounds after him. They catch but, up, and Nick Cage, or Samuel Jackson has a brilliant idea of, he has Dabney Coleman's... Uh, uh, his badge, his police yes. badge. And he goes, here, smell this. And the dogs take off running. And I'm like, that's not how bloodhounds work. They follow yeah. a trail of scent. Yes. They don't just go find the last scent that was there. They don't remember pictures. It was so dumb. But um, what, was fu- but what was funny was the guy that has the bloodhounds is Bob from Batman. Uh, yeah. From the original Batman. Bob Gunn. Leave <laughs> alone, boys. There's a scene I want to show because of the music. I want to find it first. It's where him and Cage are fighting in the backyard in the, on the lawn. Is this yeah. not the same music from the critic? Listen. Not yet. Right here. Yeah. Is that not Very... the theme song from the critic? <clears throat> It's very similar. I was sitting there watching. I'm like, like oh my god, it's very a critic. Very similar, yeah. That's the critic theme song, if you ask me. Oh, so this was the connection that I had. Amy Graham is also in From Dust Till Dawn. Amy Graham. She, she oh, okay. plays. 
She was the um, she was the girl in the beginning who runs out of the liquor store. Okay, okay, one of those two girls. <clears throat> one of those two girls, and then she's in Jackie Brown. She's the girl that sells Jackie Brown the soup. Okay. In the mall. And that was our connection. She's in two Tarantino-involved movies. Wow. And that's it, huh? And she's in some <laughs> other stuff, but just stuff you've never heard of. Weird. She's in an episode, uh, three episodes of CSI. She's got a movie that she wrote and directed that she's in. It's not Soul Taker. Okay. But yeah. Then who cares? That was the connecting tissue to something else that we talk about. Is the Bob Balaban character like his his preface to doing the negotiator? What do you mean? Uh, uh, Sam Jackson? That's why he did the negotiator? Isn't Bob Balaban in the negotiator as well? No. No. Are you sure? I'm positive he's not. Bob Balaban is the president of NBC and Seinfeld. That's for reason in my mind. I thought he was the guy who snitches him out. Or the bad guy, the super bad guy in Negotiator. No, the guy. Uh, no, that was Ron Rifkin. That's the other guy. He looks like Bob Alabama. Looks just not, like him, if not. Ron, Ron Rifkin is from LA Confidential and Alias. And he's, in a, he's a good character actor. He's in I didn't realize they're two different people. Yeah, two different people. This happens a lot to me here. They, they do look similar. They're Ron Rifkin. Similar. Yeah, that's who I was. Okay. I God wonder damn. if they're brothers. They look exactly alike. Are you kidding Ron, me? Ron Rifkin and Bob Balabam on tour. Okay, let me pull You're up a picture. You're Bob and I'm Ron. Let's play the critic soundtrack. Okay. Even looking at these two guys side by side here, or like one at a time, look at this. Here's Bob Balaban. Here's Ron Rifkin. Yeah, Bob Balaban, Ron Rifkin. They're wearing glasses. That's the that's the different. That's the uh, similar one has hair. One is bald. Well, it could be different eras, you know. But like oh, Weasley my. dudes. Yeah, Weasley dude. Yeah, it's the yeah Weasley. If you want a Weasel, you get Bob Balaban. If you can't get Bob Balaban, you get Ron Rifkin. If you can't get neither of them, you get Bud Court. Yeah. When Ron Rifkin's busy and then Bob Balaban's on vacation, you have to get Bob, Bud Court, and that's that's the guy. Let's wrap this up, shall we? Um, so where does this li- was this listed on your uh, Cage movies already, or is this a brand new addition to the Cage movie listing? This is my first time doing this movie, if that's you're asking. Okay, because so, yeah. well, you because you said you did this. Oh, you just did this no, like, I watched uh, it before. Fun to watch it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't review okay. it. I only added movies that I reviewed on this list. I'm curious where you're going to put this <laughs> on the list of overall cage and quality of cage. Out of 40, 40 something, go ahead and guess where you think I'm going to put it. Oh, uh, see, this is both. hard because cage is quite good in this, and the movie is good. So overall, this is like this is a good. This is a higher up one. It's top ten material. I would say this is top 10. I would say overall quality of movie, six. Overall quality cage, five. Okay, way off. (laughs) Quality of movie, number 13. 14. 13. Under the weather, man. Oh, fuck you. Okay, think about him in this movie for real. 
He's fine. No, He's I, good. I, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Quality of cage. Quality of movie. Yeah, quality of movie, 13. Okay. I do like these movies on the left more. Weatherman is below this as far as quality of movie goes. Right. Okay, okay. I'm looking now. See, I haven't seen The Trust, so I can't judge that one yet. Joe's yeah. very good. Uh, massive Talent, 8mm. Oh, I would say 8mm is below this movie in quality. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually really like uh, 8mm, but this uh, on the right here, Quality of Cage, I do think he's better than the Weatherman, just barely. Just barely. I, I like that he gets to play a, a couple different types of Cage in that movie. This one, he's good in it. He's great in it, actually. But I'd say this movie is the bottom tier of his greatness. After that, it's kind of like he, he's serviceable. Right, I would agree with the that. World Trade Center and Valley Girl and Honeymoon in Vegas. He's there. Is really what you can <laughs> say about those. Quality of Cage is the number. Last movie is Con Air. Oh yeah, he's which I just I just rewatched Con Air for the first. I think I told you, for the first you time did. in maybe twenty years, and it's it's not a it's a very bad movie. No, oh, it's a fun movie. Like it's a my, fun movie, but it's bad. On it's my left bad. here, twenty. On my bot on the right last right yeah the movie Quality is fine because of jock malkovich and like danny treo and steve yeah. all those great character actors and then and the fucking nick cage is in there sucking all the oxygen out of the room yeah he's terrible they call me johnny 500 if they knew the truth i don't try trust two people one was me the other was not you <laughs> give me the bunny my dad is released in four weeks it's like he's doing yeah my daddy. Yeah, John Malkovich is great in that movie. I love him in that movie. He saves that movie for me. I'm going to say the word movie six more times here. But and Nick Cage is fucking terrible in it. He is bad. But, and I love John Malkovich where he goes, where's Pinball? Oh, he's, he's dead. Oh, I liked Pinball. <laughs> when John Malkovich got like, oh, dropped he's out of sad a plane. that he's dead. And in that scene, when Pinball, when Dave Chappelle is smiling, coming down, it's the funniest shit. That it's is like funny. the, the wooden arm where he's going, yeah. It's so funny. And then, <laughs> like, the people in that car are dead, by the way. So don't, like, don't try to say, oh, they're, they're, they're flying. They'd be fucking dead. No, they show the hoity toity white couple, and they're like, yeah. oh, bird shit on the windshield. Bird shit on the windshield. I don't know, car wash. And burnt shit on the window. God damn it. He blows out the fucking city it's, block. It's, it's good <laughs> luck. And then he, he got right in the engine block. Blast yeah. Cars hit him. Those people would be dead. But the be, and, then, and then the best part of this movie, though, is when it falls up. You, the, you agent, whatever John Cusack, yeah. Well, <coughs> he's got your name written all over it. Yeah. It's just so stupid. But so great. That's the funniest part of the movie. And that reminds that that's the the encapsulation of '90s action movie, is that scene right there? Yeah, where it's like goofy humor, it's like kind of slapsticky old style humor, and they just don't do that anymore. Action movies now just don't even try to even do that. Don't even attempt it anymore. No, uh, what's that? Colm, what's his last name? The Irish actor. Colm Meany. Colm Meany. Thank you. I get him confused with the other guy from Nick Cage movie, Colm Freire or whatever his name is, the oh, doctor Colm from Freire. Face Off, Colm Freire. Yeah, Colm Freire is a great character actor, and Colm is a great character actor. Colm Freire is, is, in, uh, is in Chronicles of Riddick, 
he's the bad guy. He's in. Uh, he's in a bunch uh, of stuff. Bunch of movies. He's bunch of movies. He's the bad guy in the first Thor movie. He's the yeah. trust guy. He's in that. Cole Meany is in a lot stuff. of TV stuff. Cole Meany is was on Star Trek for twenty years as a gay man. He was. They no, <laughs> never. Was, they never acknowledged he was gay. He was married. To, he was married to his wife. You could say that if you oh, want. No. He was gay. He was, he was. No, he had a Japanese wife. He had a kid with her. <laughs> no. He was so straight as it hurt. No. <laughs> now you're thinking of someone else. No. You're not, you're not thinking of Charles, <laughs> Chief O'Brien. How dare you? I probably Chief am. O'Brien is all man. You, you backed off. Chief O'Brien would be like, I don't like the fucking. I don't like that fucking cop shit. I'm all about tight, wet <laughs> Japanese tang. But anyway, it's Andrew. Go see it. It's wonderful. Out of 10. I'll give it an 8. Solid I, 8. I gave it a 7. Okay. But I will say, every time I watch this, it's gone up a star. First time, yeah. I was like, yeah, good. I, I liked it the first time. The second time, this time, buy it. Yeah. another star. Yeah, I'm going to buy this on Blu-ray for sure. Um, part of the reason I gave it a six the first time is because I watched so many Nick Cage movies in a row, I was kind of tuning them out at a point. I would, but I, I knew would, I liked this. But yeah, it's uh, I'm definitely going to get it on Blu-ray uh, eventually. Yeah. It's uh, it's great. It's a great movie. I, just watch it. I did my rankings. We're good with our... Um, blah blah blah. We it. did that. Yeah, we're out of here. Okay, until next time. And in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. <clears throat> next Nick Cage cast Family Man versus Trespass. Another Joel Joel Schumacher movie. Oh, it's uh, what's his name versus Joel Schumacher? Um, oh, Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner versus Joel Schumacher. Thank you. The Rat. You get the Rat, rat Man versus, versus the 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 mocker, the, shock. the Shoemaker, shock. and then we get David Lynch the week after that. Wild at heart. Yeah. So long, citizen.